Today is Wednesday, January 21st, 2023, and you're listening to the Ask a Christian Podcast. I'm your host, Nate. All right, let's get to it. Man, today people are, are grumpy, grumpy atheists, and, and whatever this other person is. Anyways, so um, let's see. We start with some questions about, you know, why the Calvinist-Arminian uh, drama, why everyone fights about that stuff. And uh, it becomes one of these things are not like the other, so let's attack it and eat it. Um, anyway, so we get into the part, the scriptures, the verses, talking about, you know, why quarrel over words, brothers, this should not be, this runs through all who listen. Um, you know, do better. Uh, focus on godly things, things like that. So about the um, about the things that unite, which is with salvation issues, not the things that divide, which coincidentally are not salvation issues. If it's not a salvation issue, don't worry about it. It doesn't mean don't discuss it, but if, if tempers start flaring and getting heated, Go back to home base, which is salvation issues, which these people agree with. And then, uh, you know, does total depravity mean you're a heretic if you don't subscribe to that? What is the definition of total depravity? We talked about that from a Calvinist view. No one's a Calvinist, but that's the question ask. Um, so we try to steel man a Calvinist view as much as we can or hypothesize about it. Then we get into Arn Ra, his famous quote. I guess it's, I think it's attributed to him. If you can't show it, you don't know it. Meaning, how can you expect people to be convinced of a God if you can't prove it to them, if you can't third-party verify it to them, if you can't pull God out of the sky and throw him in a Petri dish for you to poke at? How can you expect them to believe it? Well, we don't, and we can't. So Jesus says, share the gospel, and God himself will draw people to him. And if they respond, great. That's an act of God, not us. Our only job is to be a, a trumpet, a mouthpiece, to share the good news and ask people to repent and believe the gospel. So we, we can show them God, or, you know, show them the way to God, but ultimately it's going to be God who's doing any convincing there is. Um, for ourselves, uh, I believe this God has proven himself to me over and over again. So for me, he has shown it, and now I know it. Um, anyway, then we get into some other stuff about the infinite regress and, you know, why is God God and things that the Bible um, just says, hey, God is God, Alpha and Omega, beginning the end type stuff. Um, okay, so... Am I speed talking? I have somewhere to be. <laughs> you matter. You all matter, though. Okay. So check out the Ask a Christian book on... Oh, it's actually not on Amazon. Um, if you want a copy, I, I had to take it down because we're, we're doing some stuff with it. Um, anyone, if, if anyone wants it, I, I guess email askachristianclub at gmail.com and we'll figure out how you can get it. I'll, I'll just personally send you a copy or something. Um, okay. And you can also check out the Ask a Christian store to support this podcast, sharing the gospel with people who totally need it, um, and also having, you know, good discipleship and Christian conversations along the way. That is the aim. So all these links are in the podcast description. Take care, and we'll see you later. Well, someone asked me, like, yesterday, like, I, I was out, like, our community area, and I'm, like, in, in jeans with boots on and, like, a big, like, thick hoodie, and uh, someone's like, where are you from? I'm like, well, we moved from Colorado. They're like, what? And they're like, they're like just from like uh, Michigan or whatever, like recently, uh, like on vacation where it's like freezing. And they're like in a tank top and shorts and everything. And they're like, I'm from Michigan. I'm like, well, you just came from like, you know, 10 degrees. So, of course, 60 feels hot to you. Like, I haven't been in Colorado in like seven years. So, uh, you know, I, I guess I'm a I'm a true Floridian. I know. It's but then, amazing then other that... true Floridians are like, no, you're not. You're a northerner. Go back, Yankee. I'm like, I was never in Yankee country. It's amazing how that blood was... thins when you're down there all the time. <laughs> yeah, amazing. I mean, I don't know, I don't know how long it takes to get used to it, but um, yeah, I mean, sixty degrees is is cold now. <laughs> uh.
Think about how those poor people up north have to bundle up for the winter. I mean, it's like a whole ordeal just to go in and out of your house. <laughs> for us, oh, I, we oh, throw I on a hoodie and we call it a day. <laughs> I mean, I remember Colorado. Like, yeah, I had, I mean, thankfully I had like auto start. Like my kids were just starting school. So I had like a remote start on my uh, car. So I, I would open the garage, you know, to make sure no one like died. And I, I would remote start it for like 15 minutes. And then we'd all like run like would bundle up and like run to the drive run to the car like back out and like go to school and i'd like kind of like slow roll and like get out get out get out <laughs> um yep. but then my little one was in preschool so i had this park like half a mile away and like walker and it was miserable but yeah those days are behind us now i just deal with the sweltering heat yeah you what, what is the uh, temperature where you are uh, it's currently 40 degrees. All right. So you're like a step away from icicles on your nose. <laughs> Getting there. It's funny, you know, our weather's been really weird this winter. Like some weeks we've actually been down in the single digits, which very rarely ever happens for us. And then other weeks it's january and it's like 65 degrees outside and you're like wait what <laughs> this makes no sense it's been very very bipolar this year <laughs> let's see i skipped yesterday because i was busy at a kid's play um for my daughter do we have anything we're around yesterday where the religious people fighting again <laughs> Um, oh, Freedom. I thought I thought that maybe you. I didn't recognize the last name. So, yeah, man, how are you? It's been like a year or more. Uh, but, yeah, Sundripity, what were you saying? I don't think you missed much yesterday, Nate. If you've, <laughs> if you've seen one Calvinism debate, you've seen them all. <laughs> oh, no. Like, Mark, Mark, uh, Pastor Mark said he was going to, like, uh, where Chris lives yesterday. Uh, for a conference or something, and uh, he was going to try to meet up with Chris. I'm like, hey, man, make sure you cast out those demons so we can get back to normal uh, normal Christian discussions. <laughs> but um, he skillfully, uh, with the wiles um, uh, or whatever, this, this is breaking down, but apparently he evaded Mark. <laughs> He's like, I'm busy with the meetings. So, uh, alas, Mark was not able to uh, exercise the demons of Calvinism. Oh, bummer. For the record, I don't think Calvinists have demons. Just Me saying. either. When I say it, it's funny. When other people say it, they <laughs> probably mean it. Hey, CEO, what's up? Yeah, they were having some serious Calvinist discussion last night. Um, it was too uh, intellectual for me, though. I had to drop out. Oh, I hate it. Did they use lots of big oh, words? Yeah, that's the word salad game that they love to play. And that's the thing, because then they're like, oh, you're so dumb. Read a book. And it's like, well, no, if you're really as smart as you say you are, you can dumb it down to explain it to a five-year-old. So maybe you're just not as smart as you think you are. But, dude, the Calvinism debate, like, it's, oh, my gosh. It's like it's like PTSD. Like, I remember, like, you know, when we first started this thing, like, you know, a, more than a decade ago. Um, that, that's the problem. Like, we need more godless demons to fight against. Because if there's like, you know, atheists and, you know, Muslims and stuff like that, there, there's, you know, it's obviously very far away from Christians. But when there's none of those around, well, then the Christians just attack the, the thing farthest away from what it is. I mean, not just Christians. Everyone does. It's like human nature. You attack the thing that's most unlike you. So um, whenever everyone's so close that it's like, 
okay, well, yeah, sure, we even agree on the salvation issues, Calvin and Calvin's and not Calvin's. Um, but then it's like, okay, well, you agree on, you know, uh, salvation things. But then it's like, well, they're still the most different from us. So now let's attack Calvin and Arminians. <laughs> it's like, oh, come on. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's pointless. It's like uh, Ephesians, or not Ephesians, um, Ecclesiastes. Like, you know, there's nothing new under the sun. Like, it's, it's all worthless. And then Timothy, like, you know, avoid these, like, senseless discussions about genealogies and, like, all this, like, Italy stuff. Like, it causes division, and it's worthless, like a cancer, and ruins all who listen. Can anyone, can anyone see that this may be talking about discussions like this? It's like, great, you're all saved. You all believe each person is going to, like, spend eternity in heaven with Jesus and you, uh, assuming, you know, everyone gets there. Um, but it's like, so, so what? Like, having eternal life is not good enough. Now you have to fight about the ways you got to eternal life. Um, it's like, no, like I, I, I love how it says it is cancer and ruins all who listen. I'm like, yes, that is like extra truth from the Bible today. Yeah, I mean, so Nate, I, I, I do wonder, like, let's say this Calvinism is absolutely true. What is the value of that? Like, because the only kind of value I ever heard from it is a little bit negative. Like Johnny would say, the value is that you don't have to evangelize. <laughs> like, but what what is the practical value of Calvinism, even if 100% true? Uh, well, first of all, the evangelize, even, even like the Calvinists I, I know. Uh, hang on, let me make this note. Um... I was trying to find that actual verse. I'll find it in a minute. But it says, warn them before God about these words. Like, you know, blah, blah, blah. I, I'm going to get the verses. There's so many good ones about it. About dissensions and quarrels among you. Like, my brothers, this should not be. I just I just threw, like, four verses together there. I'll find them in a minute. But, no, so so there, you still have to evangelize, right? Because, you know, even, like, most Calvinists, unless you're, like, a hyper-Calvinist, which they would call heretical, because it's a command of Jesus, the Great Commission, go out and share the word, share the gospel. So they would say, no, you still have to do this. Because even though God knows this is going to happen, part of him knowing this is going to happen is he knows you're going to go do this, so go do this. It, it just becomes a, a super philosophical like, like avenue. It, it's like cerebral. It's very intellectual. Practically speaking, there's like little to no difference. Um, it's only the way you like f philosophize your way to get to salvation. So, and that's what makes me so irritated is uh and Jara or Bishop, I, I saw you, I tried to invite you. Let me know if you can't get up. Um, and I'll have someone else do it. But um yeah, there's there's absolutely no difference. Um, because if you're both saved, everyone just argues about the way to be saved. Can you say your question again? I think I lost it in trying to make that note. No, you me. answered it. It was what is the val practical value of Calvinism? You said little Oh yeah. None. Yeah, so practical none. The, like the only value it is is if it's true, then they have the correct way. Just like if Arminianism is true, then, well, the value is, okay, well, it is true. They have the correct way. So practically, the ultimate goal is salvation, right? Salvation in Christ, eternal life. So however you get to that, um, it, it's like cerebral navigation. And that's where, like, big words and word salad comes into play. It's like, look, if you confess Jesus as Lord, you believe his death, burial, resurrection, you repent of your sins, stop sinning, and ask him to save you, forgive you, give you eternal life, and make you born again— you will be saved. That is it. That's it. And all the Calvin, all the Calvin people, and all the Arminian people are like, "Yes, that sounds great," and they all agree. And then they're like, "Oh, but but how do you get to that road?" And then everyone starts fighting. 
because I'm like, well, look, practically speaking, and that's also an argument atheists use like, against Calvinism. They're like, well, Calvinists, if God knows what I'm going to do, then I'm just an atheist. I can't do anything else, as if that's their only choice. It's like, no, just because God knows it doesn't mean you know it. So if God knows, hey, uh, you know, this guy's going to be an atheist for 40 years of his life, and I know that in, in January 31st, 2024, uh, at noon, he is going to see the light and be like, oh, I call on Jesus for eternal life and to save me. I realize I was wrong. So it's like anyone, if you can do it and remotely exercise faith to believe, then you're not under the Calvinist view. You're not thwarting the will of God. You're just playing into the decree God's giving you all along. So if you haven't entertained the fact that, hey, Jesus is Lord. Yes, I trust you, Jesus. I believe you exist. I believe you are who you say you are. Forgive me. Give me eternal life. I'm sorry for my sins. Um, if you haven't been able to do that until now, like the Bible says in Isaiah, today is the day of salvation. So if you can take a perfect atheist off the street and be like, do you believe this at all? Be like, forget about, forget about philosophy. Do you believe this could be true? Are you willing to take a little step of faith? Then great. You're, if the Calvinists are correct, it's just your time. You're not thwarting God's will. You're not fighting against it. Um, are you able to make that more succinct, CEO? Because I'm, I'm just saying the same thing over and over. But, but the point is – No, I get your point. From our perspective, you have free will. Do whatever you want. From a Calvinist perspective, that still stands that the practicality still stands true. You can do whatever you want. They would just say, "Well, God already knows it and decreed it," but it seems like it's your free will. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm ready to like club baby souls now. Just thinking about it, it's just it's just it's just such an intellectual proposition that has no practical value. And that, that so many people like fight about this um, is just bothersome. <laughs> um, on another topic, I, I wish Chris was here this morning because, you know, his whole conversation about um, America being a theist state and, you know, that being his like ultimate dream or whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. This, yeah, I was in this room earlier and I realized that um, – the UAE is actually pretty close to what Chris is talking about, right? Because, like, they don't, there's no pornography. You can't watch pornography in the entire country. The raciest TV you'll get is, like, the real housewives of Beverly Hills. And you cannot kiss in public. Now, they allow you to drink, right? You can drink all the way out to 4 a.m. Um, they are a capitalistic country. And you know they have like a nil murder rate. So if you, if they were if you just take them and make them Christian, it would be actually pretty close to what Chris wanted. Yeah, I mean I was gonna say it'd be more like the Real Housewives of Riyadh, um, but yeah, and, and wrong God. <laughs> but I mean besides that, I mean yeah, I'd, I'd say it's it's kind of close to what Chris uh, what Chris champions. I mean, he was here for like two seconds, and he's like, oh, I realized I had a meeting. I'll come back. Um, you know, I was talking to someone the other day, and yesterday it was the same conversation. And I was just like forgetting my words, and I think I realized why. I probably already said it here. But like this last like two weeks, I've had such brain fog. Um I've been trying to like force myself off of caffeine and I've got past the like migraine stage where I, I don't really get like 
splitting headaches from caffeine withdrawals anymore. But I'm at that like hazy stage. Like I haven't had my like wake up caffeine. So I'm just like, what, 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 and what, what? And I'm constantly losing my train of thought even more than usual. So, um, yeah, I think that's the stage I'm in right now. So I'm just going to blame that for a while. So if I babble incoherently, that's why. Blame caffeine. No worries. Um, so maybe, Sarah, maybe the Mormons got it right. <laughs> um, so serendipity, are you like a ninja in real life? Because your, your PTR always makes me think you're a bad bleep. See, that's what I want you to think, CEO. It keeps people from messing with me. <laughs> what is that a picture of? It's an AI-generated uh, uh, Russian assassin. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <clears throat> it's this is like my little um, suit of armor, you know. Don't you know murder is wrong? Wait, are they like assassins for good and it's justified? So it's yes, we're vigilantes. <laughs> <laughs> we, because you were many. Yes, I have we're a whole flock. <laughs> You have an assassin farm? I do. <laughs> we were okay, all let me, Yep. Let me, where did my AI... All right, so I'm trying to use gab.ai now. And I'm using, they have different uh, personas you can affect. So I have the Bible scholar persona. So let's let's see. How do we want to ask this um, to get all the good verses? Um, what are the Bible verses? about not quarreling over words. That's a, that's a softball that'll get that one. But I, I want the other verses too. And make him stand and fighting about This should not be. All right. I just gave it a bunch of world, word salad. Okay. What are the Bible verses about not quarreling over words? And um, to his own, I can spell. To. Oh, spell, Nate. Come on. To his own master, he will stand for the word to make him stand. And fighting about words, brothers, this should not be. I didn't even use punctuation. All right, let's see. Let's see how this goes. Oh, oh. All right, there's like there's like three or four I'm thinking of. Oh, it only gave me two. All right. Uh, the Bible verse you're referring to is 2 Timothy 2, 14 through 16. Um, okay. Um, it's, uh, keep reminding them, keep reminding God's people of these things. Warn them before God against quarreling about words. It is of no value and only ruins those who listen. Other translations say it's a cancer and runs those who listen. Uh, do your best to present God uh, to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. Avoid godless chatter because those who indulge it will become more and more ungodly. Eh. Okay. Well, it didn't do great. You got one of the verses. Um. Anyone else have anything to say while I keep typing? Um, yeah, so there's a question in the chat from Todd. He said, Chris mentioned yesterday that if you do not believe in total depravity, you are a, you are a pagan. 
and he wants someone to explain this. Did you say Todd? Yeah, in the chat, Todd said that. Todd Father said that. Oh, not like Todd, the regular Todd? Okay, hang on. Uh, before I, before I'm, I'm tabbed out. Okay, Romans 14, is this the one? Oh, yeah. Who are you to judge someone else's servants? To their own master, the servant stands or falls, and they will stand, for the Lord was able to make him stand. Um, and I think this is kind of like the take the speck out of your, you know, take the log out of your own eye before you worry about the speck in others. Uh, you know, encouraging people that they're responsible for their actions and worry about their relationship with God first. Secularly, we would say put the airplane mask on yourself before you help other people because, you know, DEI caused the airplane door to blow off and you're all dying because of it um, rather than getting the most qualified. That's the secular way of saying that. Okay. Um So Chris said yesterday, if you don't believe in total depravity, you're a pagan. Well, there's a lot of gray area there. Like, define the terms, right? So if you don't believe in, like, total depravity, um, how does he define that? Versus, you know, you could, could you say total depravity is like the Bible says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God? I mean, that's the biblical checkbox. So if you understand that you're one of these people who have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God— and you can't save yourself, you need a savior. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and say, yes, I check that total depravity box by believing that. Um, if, if it's necessary to think you're like, uh, you know, like a just disgusting, worthless, like trash pile, like grubby little worm, um, that may be what some say. No, you must like have that type of view of yourself in order to be considered total depravity understanding. Uh, but then the Bible says, you know, we were made little lower than the angels. So have we sinned? Have we fallen short of the glory of God? Absolutely. Are we the worst thing possibly in existence ever made? Um, well, no, because we were made little lower than angels. If we're made lower than angels, there's a lot of stuff lower than us. Um, things without souls, for example. So it depends really how far you want to define those terms. But what? Mm -hmm. uh, what's up, Todd? Or Serendipity, do you want to say something first? Oh, no, sorry. Yeah, Todd. Hey, uh, thank, thank, thanks for that. I, I, that was my, from the way that it was sounded like it was being presented, and I and I did ask the question to him, and and he didn't answer, and I, there was a lot of chaos going on. So <laughs> he may not, have, he may have missed my question and whatever else. But but um, but I, from the way I was understanding it, that told his definition of total depravity was that you, you nothing good comes from man nothing and if there's anything good that comes from man period it is all of god which you know i don't know that i completely disagree with but that that in the sense that he was saying you know like you can't there's not one thing man doesn't have you know anything that man does is you know nothing short of dirty rags which i get that part in that scripture too but um but I, but that if you believe or you don't believe in total depravity from the way I was understanding that his definition was, is that you can't do a, you know, your, your filth, then, um, then you're pagan. I didn't understand where, where the pagan part comes from. Like where, so what makes me pagan and thinking that I, that I might be able to do something right. He's talking about the pagan. Part you know, is He's talking about our beloved Chris, right? That, that's the Chris he's talking about. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, Chris, if you if Chris you Rob. talk to him with if you talk to him with kid gloves, um, you can usually coax like you know what we would consider an okay answer out of him. So you know if if he starts off like 
you must believe in depravity. You're a filthy worm. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, well, would it be fair to say, you know, like uh, Random said down there, and like, you know, we talked about, like, that you just have to say you have a sinful nature. He'd be like, oh, yeah, that's totally what I mean. And like, by, by filthy, like, nasty, disgusting little worm creatures, that's what you meant? Yes, totally. So, I mean, I, I would want to, like, talk to him. I'm sure I've talked to him about that before. Um, like, I, I believe that's, like, an answer he'd be like, well, yeah, you don't have to think you're, like, subhuman or something. You just have to, you know, really understand that you've sinned and, you know, you have a sinful nature and blah, blah, blah. I, I'm sure that's how that conversation would go. Um, but, I mean, yeah, it, it could be a little confusing at first. <laughs> I just don't understand where the pa- what, what makes that pagan. Uh, by, pa- by pagan, I mean, he would mean uh, – uh, by pagan, I would, I would have to think he means, like, non-Christian. Like if he's if he's calling pagans like basically a uh, white and dark, black and white. If he's using pagan as a binary, so say if you're not Christian, you can only be one other thing, and the other thing is a pagan. That w- like I, I I I would guess that's what he means by that because the way other people would say it is you're just a Christian or you're not, <laughs> um, or I you know a sheep or, or a sheep really or a can- goat. I guess the thing that really is becomes confusing to me on that is that then if if I don't comprehend or understand all these things, then then I'm pagan, which is then then you're saying that my 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 eight year old who has come to a better understanding of Christ and knows his knows that, you know, that Christ died for him, that he's pagan. I mean, like that's the that's some of the dumbest things that I can't I can't quite you know, get where they, they justify these deals that, that, that it's not taking into consideration sanctification in the process of coming to a better understanding and blah, blah, blah. And like, where does, where does common sense come in? <laughs> well, <laughs> common sense is not, not so common. It's, it's so rare. It should be considered a superpower. <laughs> Someone once said, um, well, that's, I mean, that's where we wait, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I, I was just going to say, like, I think that's that's one of the problems when when we get into having these conversations and when believers start calling other believers pagans and heretics and I mean we're cautioned and warned against doing that in the scripture you know and not sowing strife among our brethren we have to remember that everybody isn't always in the same place in their walk um some people come to Christ through, you know, just a very easy blind faith and, and it takes time to mature. I mean, that's the whole purpose in our, our sanctification, you know, we grow, we come to understand things better during our walk with Christ and in leaning on him. And so, yeah, a lot of people don't even understand that there are concepts out there that people argue about like total depravity and you know eternal salvation and that's why i i tend to get really really bothered in these rooms when you have a group of believers that are like no it must be this way or you're a heretic you know like th- these are really dangerous accusations i mean scripturally a heretic is someone who is a non-believer you you can't just throw around this accusation because you disagree on these these secondary and these tertiary issues and um, well, yeah. and it's like the Bible verse I just read, right? Like, you know, to his own master, he'll stand or fall and he will stand for the Lord is able to make him. So, I mean, you know, when Catholics call me, you know, a heretic or apostate or unsaved or tell me I'm going to burn in hell or purgatory or whatever stuff they believe, um, you know, I don't get too upset about it because I'm just like, OK, well, that's your opinion. You know, Jesus is my judge. Thank God it's not you. Um, so I'm like, OK, I, I don't really care what you think. Um, so I, I would encourage, you know, a bit of a bit of that. But um, also. You know, there's a lot of 
there's a lot of stuff like deep theology that I know gets talked about where if you talk, ask the people using the big words, they're like, oh, no, no, you don't have to know the, the specific uh, you know, ways to get to the doctrine or the belief or the titles or the taglines or the big words. Um, but basically, if you've received, if you understand the gospel, all that's like built into it. It's like subsumed, right? Because like if the gospel, I mean, what's the simplest thing that Jesus says you must be, you must be born again, right? And, and you can have eternal life freely to anyone who asks for it. So that inherently. And, you know, Jesus talks about how his blood is poured out for the forgiveness of sins for many. So inherently, you may not need to understand total depravity, but if you understand, um, you know, the, the, the gospel, which is you have sinned, you've made some oopsies, uh, you're on God's bad list, but Jesus died for your sins, he rose from the dead, he can forgive you of your mistakes. Uh, if you believe that and accept that, you are saved. So inherently, like in a way, like not nearly as scholarly, but still it's built in that you understand you're a sinner. Um, you are not able to save yourself. And if you want to be reconciled to God, that's only through Jesus. So then I'm sure I could talk to a Calvinist and get them to say, yes, that counts. <laughs> like they would probably frown, uh, you know, frown about it and be like, well, there's a lot better ways, a lot more deep, uh, deep detail to go into. But sure, that counts. So I don't know. Like sometimes yeah. use a grain of salt or like an entire salt shaker if that's what it takes. I was just going to say, Todd, one thing you also have to differentiate between is is Chris in his Sith Lord mood or his <laughs> Jedi mood, right? Because if he's in his Sith Lord mood, he will say things such as the Constitution is hot garbage to elicit a reaction before he normalizes. So please be mindful of how hyperbolic he is being on a specific day. Yeah, and I, I am certainly not being a Chris apologist, uh, but I, I was directing it more like just generally at, at Calvinism versus not, which, it, oh, anyways, yeah, it, it's just, um, does that answer anything for you, Todd? <laughs> yeah, it definitely does. I just, yeah, that, that helps me that come to, you know, better understanding of where he was going with it. And and I did, it just didn't see, he seems like an intelligent guy and well-read and all that kind of stuff but then you know um his depravity showed so <laughs> but, but i don't know i just it was it was i just didn't understand the line of thinking i just didn't know where that and i guess that i didn't i wasn't thinking about the definition of pagan either so but that was very helpful yeah and, and who knows that's, that's why it's important to like define terms right because if someone says apple they're like well it's it's this it's orange in color and it has like a rough skin you peel it off and it's like juicy and has this tangerine kind of taste you're like you're describing an orange they're like no no it, it's an apple the way i'm defining it so it's like oh okay that helps a lot so now every time you say apple i'll just translate that to know you really mean an orange um so defining terms is important so i guess if he ever shows up we'll ask him what he means by pagan um hey random what's up hey yeah i was just i was just going to comment that chris often uh pulls a theological elitism out Is the way of Calvinism. <laughs> I don't. I don't know, man. I mean, like something about uh, Calvinism. Um, like someone who's a Calvinist, like probably admitted it before. I don't remember who that was. It, it was. It was actually a woman. Um, who was that person? You're not a Calvinist, right, Serendipity? No, I'm not. <laughs> okay. It, it was some some woman. There's so few on here. Um, I can't believe I forgot. But it's they were having that conversation one day, and uh, and Chris was there. And she's like, well, you know, whenever I realize that, you know, like 
I'm paraphrasing poorly, but basically when they realized that they thought Calvinism was the way, um, my words, I mean, they're like, when I totally realized Calvinism was true, um, but whenever, whenever they realized they thought Calvinism was the way, they're like, yes, I, and I was the elect, I, I kind of got this like sense of like, you know, pride, and I have to check it because pride's bad, right? But I kind of felt really proud and like, you know, it had a kind of a chip on my shoulder when I talked to people. I'm like, that's like the opposite of what you want the result to be. But I mean, it was kind of talked about, and I, I mean, I imagine trying to empathize, like, you know, if you think that you, you have the one true answer, um, and not just the, the end answer, which would be Jesus, but like all the nuts and bolts are tightened down and glued and, and you have the one answer, but you have the right path at every single turn to get to that answer. So you don't walk through the weeds, you don't walk in a dirt road, you walk down a nice shiny golden path being right at every single turn which gets you to the right answer. I can see how you'd have a like error of superiority that you'd have to like keep in check. Um, because I mean, if, if you think you're so right um, about every verse and every single thing and you're not wrong, I mean, I, I get that. Like if you're a, you know, master piano player, you'll have to maybe keep your pride in check. Um, so I, I, I guess anyways, I don't know. Michael, welcome. What's up? Yeah, Nate, you just, you almost perfectly described how I see everyone in every faith tradition. <laughs> Wait, what about the lack of faith tradition? Aren't some atheists you know so um, amazingly complete and perfect in their atheism that they frown on simple atheists like you who are just like, yeah, maybe there's a God, can't prove it, don't know, probably not, I'm going to say no. They're like, oh, oh, no. oh, you're no, saying I, no, I don't even but say you don't that. know why you're saying no. No, I certainly, because I don't even say that. Like, you're God for sure. Like, your God's totally made up, Nate. I mean, like, I, like again, we've talked before. Like, there's nothing lukewarm about my my atheism. Um, I said that wrong. Let me try. Again. Yeah, but um, but it, but what's interesting is that is that no, in fact, right? Like, because there there are there there seem to be fewer and fewer. Um, it, it seems to me that the much like in the in the economic structure, how the middle class is disappearing. Nah. Um, it, it's it, it also it also seems to me that the middle ground when it comes to um, beliefs is also disappearing. But I have found it to be almost universally true that 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 someone from my perspective, so to speak, is much more comfortable in saying, you know what, I don't know about that. But but it but it's the it's a theist who's like, no no no, I do know. It's this thing, and and, and it, it's cool. I mean, it, you know, you hear that we hear that assertion all the time, um, but that's all it is. Like in the in the absence of the ability to back up what it is you assert to be true, it's 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 nothing more than your belief, and you 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 can have that belief if that's what you're convinced of. But you better not try to tell me you know it if you can't show that you know it. Because, as, as a friend, Aaron Ra would say, knowledge is demonstrable with measurable accuracy. And if you um, can't show it, you don't know it. Can I jump in here? I, there's a lot of... Absolutely, yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll so, climb down so off my soapbox now. Well, well, first of all, let me, let me try to restate what I meant earlier. Like, where you would be a simple-minded atheist in, in the eyes of these people. And you're like, no, there is no God. There's no God. There's no God. I say it. There is no God. And um, welcome, John, and we'll get to you in just a second. <laughs> so if you're, if you're saying that, then these, these high-minded 
uh, Calvinist atheists, if you will, will be like, oh, Michael, you're so simple. Yes, there is no God. You're saying the right answer, but you're so simple because you don't know why you're saying that. And then you'll say your reason. And they'll be like, no, you're so wrong. You need to read a book by our prophet Hitchens. They'll be like, you're so wrong, Michael. Yes, you got the right answer, but you're so wrong about why you got the right answer. Okay, moving on. Um, let's see, the next thing. I definitely agree with you that um, the, the um, sides are like more clearly defined now. So you're getting a lot less of people in the middle or like the agnostic whatever. People are hardening their stances all around, politically, religiously, like – um, and me, I, I will claim a Bible, not uh, maybe you you could say Bible bias, but I'll say Bible inquisitiveness, uh, because as this is happening, this is kind of the stuff the Bible has talked about. Um, it, 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 I mean, it's what the Bible says is going to happen, and now we're seeing it. So I'm like, I, I'm kind of eagerly waiting to see because this isn't about Jesus or anything like that. This is just like kind of telling what's going to happen, right? Like. Sons turn against parents and daughters against whatever. And like, you know, basically the battle lines are forming. So it's becoming a lot more clear and it's not so um, agnostic anymore. So I'm just kind of perched eagerly awaiting to see how far down this goes before people are like, hey, you know, the Bible actually says that. And then people are like, well, it's an amazing coincidence. Or, huh, maybe the Bible's true about some stuff. So that's where we are. I see that just as you do, I, maybe with a different end game in mind. But yes, people are, are becoming a lot more solid in their beliefs or lack of beliefs or political alignments. Um, there's a lot less gray room now, which I think is interesting because the Bible speaks directly to this type of stuff. Can you help me out? There's one more point you made. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Um, if you can't show it, you don't know it. Uh, you know, Aaron Raw, peace be upon him. Um, do, do you know how he's doing? Save that question. But I, I haven't seen or heard from him in a long time. Maybe he's still well. Tell me in a minute. Um, but I would say that... Um, I would probably be an atheist like you if I did, if I couldn't, uh, you know, have evidence to convince myself of this. So to myself, I will claim like this is a universe of Nate. I, I can know it and show it and prove it demonstrably to myself based on my subjective data and life all day long, which is why I believe it. If I just ethereally had to believe it because I was like scared of the dark or scared of the boogeyman, I'd be like, well, that's stupid. Um, either I can never admit that's my belief because people make fun of me, I'd make fun of me, um, or I, I just am not going to subscribe to that belief. Um, so, yeah, um, I think where we disagree is maybe if you could look inside my brain and my personal experience and, like, the the evidence I cite for why I believe, you'd be like, holy crap, God is real. He's right. Uh, but I can't, I can't like, third party, like, let you look into my my, my soul or my guts or whatever. Um, don't try. But – um. I think that's where we disagree because generally I believe if you can't show it, you don't know it. And, you know, this religion, this God, it is a faith position. Um, but for myself, subjectively, all day long, I believe God has, you know, shown it to me, which is why me and I imagine all the other believers that take this position are believers. The only problem is we can't, like, show you our experiences. The best we can do is use words, which, you know, why should you believe someone's testimony just because they tell you their experience? Um, unless it's divinely, you know, weighted by God. Um, so short of divine intervention, you shouldn't. Um, with divine intervention, you will, and then you'll be one of us. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, before you say hi to Joanna, do you know anything about Aaron Ra? Has he been around lately? Or I haven't really, I mean, it's not like I try to find out where he is, but I, I haven't really seen him pop up any clips or anything. Um, yeah, he uh, he published a video just yesterday. 
uh, oh. on his channel about stuff. Yeah, like he's he's pretty he's, he's super busy. He's been doing a lot of stuff actually with some Quranic scholars, uh, kind of pulling apart uh, pieces of the Quran a fair bit. Um, you know, which is funny because it, like he you know, he talks about some of the parallels between that and, and the Bible, etc. But no, he's he's around. I just think he's very busy. I actually just sent him a message yesterday after watching his new video because he hasn't been on the podcast in a couple of years, and I wanted to have him back on. Um, but uh, yeah, I, he's as far as I know, he's fine. Um, but just a quick Christmas to what you had. Yeah, I've I've never, and I'll say this again, I never get on somebody when they tell me that they have a faith position. Um, you know, because like it, it's it's right there in your book, right? I've said it a million times. Hebrews eleven six. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. It's in your rule book. You got to have faith. Um, uh, and even even when uh, even, even with Thomas, right? You know, it's like uh, people talk about this. You know, you know, you know, like you know, see me, touch me, now believe. But the very next thing out of Jesus' mouth, apparent according to the Bible, is you have seen and you believe. But blessed are those who have not seen and believed. Right. So. It's, you know, faith is a, faith is the cornerstone. It's got to be there. Okay, cool. Um, but what's interesting is that, is that I would never say it's incumbent upon somebody else, right. To try to do any type of convincing. Um, it's like, that's, that's God's deal, right? Um, the Bible says that God wants for no one to perish. He wants for everyone to come to, uh, to salvation, right? Um, well, it's, I mean, this is not. This is not super difficult, right? If if this God has the capacity to do so, right? If he wants for everyone to come to salvation, and it also says that Ephesians 1 says that everything is done for his purpose, and so nothing's going to happen that he doesn't want to have happen. And if he's, certainly if he's an omnipotent being, then if he wants something, he's going to get it. So, like, this is one of the feedback loops that I constantly get stuck in. That well, lead, I can help you, and that, then, but then I, I promise you, Yeah, exactly. Well, I, yeah. I'm uh, sorry for, uh, for blathering on, but it just leads well, me further to my conclusion that this thing is just made up. Well, well, that's fine. I can help break your feedback loop, and then we have to get Joanna. Um, but to break your feedback loop, if you you started quoting in Second Peter, if you keep reading, that will break your feedback loop at least temporarily until you find a way around it. So it says, you know, God is. Um, uh, we should get the actual verse, um, which we can do. Or you can look up, but it's it's right. It's like the verse right after what you read. It says, you know, he's not slow in filling his promise, like some say, but he's giving all a chance to repent. So right in there would break the feedback loop of God gets everything he wants because he's all powerful. There are some things, you know, we're getting the different wills, which Chris will talk about, you know, for hours with you, which we've we've heard. Well, maybe not hours, but a long time. So there are some things God wants, like he doesn't wish anyone to perish, but. Uh, he gives people a chance to repent. And it's in like the next verse right after what you quoted. So he doesn't want them to perish, but he gives them a chance to repent. So he puts the onus on them. So it's like when I tell my kid, it just happened. I'm like, hey, you know, be careful riding this bike. Uh, you know, don't shift the gears because I, I got her like a, it, it's like a multiple speed bike where you can shift it. So I'm like, hey, I have it set right now until you're used to it. Don't shift it because you don't know how, like, you know, because you got to like keep pedaling while you shift. And if you shift without pedaling, it can mess it up. And it's like, if I wanted to prevent her, I could like, you know, command her, do not touch that. But instead I'm like, hey, you know, here's how you do it. Um, and I set it up. Um, I, I like set it up in a way. I'm like, okay, here's how you do it. Everything's set. You don't need to move these. I'm like, the shifters are there. It can make it easier and harder to pedal, but you don't need to touch that right now. I'm like, for now, just ride normally. And sure enough, she did for a while. And then she got curious, maybe like Adam and Eve. And, you know, she, she uh, moved the shifter and 
she didn't do it right because I hadn't told her how to do it. So she did it without pedaling. Then when she tried to pedal, it's like, arr, 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 like ground the chain. So I didn't get what I wanted. What I wanted was for her to do what I said, what I suggested, but I gave her the freedom to make her own choice. She made the own choice. She made the choice wrongly. Um, anyways, we, we can revisit this. But Joanna, what's up? How are you doing today? I wanted to say to Michael, <laughs> one second. <laughs> All right. I always appreciate when Michael speaks. It's like, um, I never disagree with him, but I wanted to say, Luke, I am your father. Thank you. Also, <laughs> because of his picture. Um, if we were to come across any text or written word um, that had this much, sorry, Nate, this much discrepancy, nobody would give it to a curriculum for children or nobody would read it. And it saddens me. Uh, if you just look into any the Catholic encyclopedia, when were these Gospels written? Of course, we know 90 to 110 years later. And then what really killed me was by who? Anonymous. And the names were ascribed to each book. So I'm, go I'm just learning this. I always just believed the Bible by rote up until recently, as you might know. And uh, I just don't know. No reason, but to me, it's a rough one. Um, I'm a little, I'm a little, I'm a, uh, CEO, you have a lot of uh, feedback. It's really static. I don't know what's going on there, but we'll check in with you in a minute. But Joanna, I'm, I'm confused. So are, are you saying like the Catholic en uh, encyclopedia or whatever, which I mean, first of all, if you, anyways, are, are you saying like now you, I don't know, like, I'm, I'm curious your position. Like, are you, are you a Christian or a Jesus believer or are you still like exploring it? Like, I, I don't know. What your, I guess I haven't asked what your actual position is. Are you still like taking everything in and digesting uh, it, or I'm where gonna, are you I'm coming from? Say, no, I can't believe that. A, 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 any who could say that this is true? Well, the, my the, question. Yeah. Yeah, my question is: Is this a new thing, or because I know you used to be Jehovah's Witness, but did you go from like Jehovah's Witness to like agnostic and open and exploring, or did you go to okay, yes, a traditional Christian, and now you're not, or like what was your <laughs> All right, I don't need multiple choice. Thank you. I, I'm going to say I'm not a Christian, or I believe maybe Christ lived, but nobody wrote down what he said. And there was so much tampering that how could anyone in their right mind say this is the word of God? When okay. you don't know who wrote these things, who wrote, it says clearly in any, it's not even the Catholic, it's like, just Google it. They don't know who wrote these gospels or when they just ascribed names to them. And this is the divine word of our creator. No. Uh, okay. All right. Thanks. I got, I got yeah. I don't think I did anything to like get your snippiness towards me. I'm just trying to ask. So I know how to answer you, but I would say, I, I mean, man, Michael, I don't have a charitability hat. That's, that's complete trash. Like, I don't know where you read that. If it's a Catholic encyclopedia, that makes perfect sense. But I don't even think they would say that. That sounds like something Bart Ehrman wouldn't even say. Um, Google him. Um, but the, I mean, that doesn't even say something like he would say. Um, but no, I would say this 100% false. Even the Gospels, like especially John, tell you John wrote it. And like all the letters of Paul say, like, you know, I, Paul, like, you know, write this letter with my own hand. So we certainly know. I mean, if someone wants to talk about the book of Job or something, um, whatever, that's a different conversation. That's far removed from like the actual Gospels in time and texture. But 
I, I would just like challenge that. But I mean, ultimately, you're you're going to believe what you want to believe. And I often am an advocate for the stance that if someone can be argued into a belief in Christianity, you can be argued out of it just the same. So if you're looking at an in intellectual level at all the pro-gospel, you know, pro-Christian stuff, and you're like, oh, okay, I see this is all in the first century, and here's the compelling case. And then someone else is like, oh, no, these were actually written in 300s, and no one knows who wrote them. And they make a convincing case. You can be argued like a ship at sea, like the Bible, who you claim you don't know who wrote, says, right? So the Bible talks about, you know, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways, like a ship just, you know, getting tossed all around. And I believe strongly that if it's not divinely inspired, like if there's not God in it, because, you know, the Bible says, um, you know, no one can come to the Father unless the Spirit draws him. So if someone is not exercising any faith or paying any attention to the spirituality of the issue, then I would say that makes perfect sense. And I, I mean, they can make their own choice. But if you're just looking at intellectual stuff, you will always find someone to one up. Like you'll find an atheist who will one up the Christian scholar you just read. Then you'll find a Christian scholar who will one up the atheist you just read. And then you'll find a Catholic scholar that up, you know, upends them all or a Muslim scholar. So if it's just an intellectual pursuit, I would just encourage a, a healthy degree of like red flags all over that. And uh, anyway, so the last thing I'll say and then I'll shut up is when you're talking about like how how deep it is and how convoluted and how how much doctrine it is. Keep in mind, like every one of us, well, 90 percent of us here are like, you know, armchair, like, you know, amateur theologians. So we've done this for years. So we can get into like really deep stuff really quick. So if someone is new or just exploring this, they're like, how the heck am I supposed to have this eternal life Jesus is talking about? Like, you guys are talking about crazy stuff. Like, how am I supposed to know all of this? Like, I got to know all this to be saved? No, you need to know what will fit on a postcard. There is a God who created everything in existence. Jesus is God. He came from heaven to earth, lived a perfect life, never sinned, never did anything wrong. Um, and he was murdered on a cross and he rose from the dead. That's it. If you believe that much, that Jesus says, whether you believe whoever wrote the words, he says, if anyone wants to be uh, to have eternal life, ask for it. Be born again, repent of your sins, and believe that. Believe he is who he says he is. So forget any big word salad, any big terminology. If you believe that, and Jesus says, talk directly to him. So you don't need to watch scholars or YouTube videos or debates. You pray directly to this Jesus that you're wondering if you should exercise faith or not and believe, believe he is who he says he is. That's it. So that's all you need to know. It'll fit on a postcard. All the other deep discussion is, is just extra. It's like bonus points. I mean, it doesn't count for anything because if you have eternal life, you have eternal life. But what are you going to do? Not go deeper? I mean, why wouldn't you? So if we have the benefit, we should. But it's not necessary for salvation. Okay. So, um, uh, Joanna, I, I can play the charitable today. Um, so let's quickly work through John and Matthew. So fast on John. The oldest version we have of John is about 125 AD, and it was discovered in Egypt. We can be pretty confident that that was not the first draft of it, right? You would imagine the first draft of it, they would actually keep closer to where it was written. You also have people who claim that they were actually with John and helped to write it down. So there's a pretty straight line to make a case that John at least verbalized his book 
and was alive to see it written. And then it got copied multiple times. Do, do you have any disagreement or challenge with that perspective on John? No. Okay. So then yeah. let's go to, and then lastly, let's go to Matthew real quick. So I know, again, Matthew's carbon dated to 90 years later, but could it be possible that Matthew didn't know how to write and he basically verbalized and the oldest versions, because they didn't have Amazon Cloud back then, have been lost. And it's just simply the oldest version we have is whatever the carbon date is. Would you acknowledge that as a possibility? Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, uh, so I, yeah, so, so that, that's my thought on it. I mean, just because it's a possibility doesn't even mean that it's necessarily likely. Well, well sure. John's, John's is likely. You can you can debate on Matthew, but John's scenario is likely. Well, and I just keep like especially when we talk about dating, like the material in there, um, kind of like what with what CEO was saying. Like if this would have been <clears throat> been written so so much later, like surely uh, 70 AD would have been recorded because that would have been like you know Nero and the destruction uh, the destruction of Jerusalem. Like that would have been like one of the most significant events that happened like in like two centuries, maybe more. Like it was a really big deal. So the fact that none of these gospels have that in there, I believe is a like Illuminati uh, level of deception and coordination to keep it out. Or they truly were written prior to that uh, because if they were written after that, surely one of them would have said something about the destruction of Jerusalem from Nero. Um, but the fact that none of them do it's just really, really good evidence for me um, that they were written um, earlier than that. Um, Daniel, did you have anything to say? Uh, I did. Oh, who, who said that? Oh, James, go ahead. Yeah. So when you said like earlier, all you got to do is believe like uh, Jesus rose from the dead, believe Jesus is this, God is that, and just take it for that. Isn't that a lot for someone just to believe on what someone tells them to believe? Well, it, it's a lot. In, uh, so my argument there was um, uh, quality versus quantity, uh, sort of like one of those things. So um, Joanna was, you know, she gone? Uh, Joanna was talking about how there's so much, like in the amount of uh, quantity. And I was saying, well, well, no, no, like quantitatively, there's not that much you have to believe. It's, it's, very, it's rather simple. It's like it'll fit on a post-it card. But the, the quality or the gravity, sure, I'll concede that. That's a lot. Like if you never hear anything and I'm like, hey, um, do you believe this life is all you have? And they're like, uh, well, yeah, probably. What, what else? Do you think life continues or reincarnated? Which, by the way, that's not an easy pill to swallow. That's a pretty big claim. Um, but do you believe like we just die and that's it or something else happens, like an afterlife of some kind? Most people will subscribe to something like that. Um, and uh, sorry if you're in the minority, but, but most people will subscribe to like reincarnation or some sort of afterlife, which is a pretty big weight. Um, so, I mean, half your battles won because most people believe something like that. It's like, OK, well, I'm telling you about Jesus. You know, he's this guy in the Bible. You've never heard of a Bible. You have no idea what I'm talking about. OK, well, there's a God, one ultimate God uh, who's a creator who rules over everything. Jesus is his son. He came from heaven. He was born as a human. He died, lived a perfect life, so we can be forgiven of sin. What sin? Anything wrong you've ever done. Any regret you have, anything like that. That's that sin in a nutshell. Oh, okay, I've done that. I stole a candy bar and I too. Great. 
Jesus died to forgive you for that, to basically make your wrong right. Uh, he took it upon yourself, paid the price, so everything you've ever done uh, is just as he did it, which is perfect. That's how God will see you. If you believe that and you want to live with your God, with your creator forever, and you believe Jesus died on the, this cross, oh, what's a cross? Like tic-tac, like a cross. Um, for your sins, you believe he died, he resurrected, he was risen from the dead, and he lives forever, and so can you if you believe that and pray to him. What's pray? Meditate. Turn your heart towards this guy I'm telling you about. Hey, I got a, I got a quick question. Wait just a second. <laughs> so turn your heart towards this guy. Stop this talking to people lot. about me, it. Me, me, me. Wait, stop. We know I'm, this I'm almost... Nick, Joanna, can I ask you a question? I, hold on. I, demons? Just kidding, for now. But Joanna, I don't know what is wrong with you today. You're usually nicer than this, but I'm um, just going to have to chill or leave. So I'm almost done. Um, I know you've heard it a thousand times, but I mean, if you're not going to believe the gospel, you can at least hear it. I don't know. It's kind of what we do here. But if you pray to Jesus, ask him to save you, forgive you, and make you born again and give you eternal life, you will receive it. So James, um, the weight of that, I'll concede, is pretty heavy. But it's still only a handful of steps. Um, I mean, do you want to respond quick? I mean, yeah, I, I pretty much agree with what you're saying. It is heavy. But most people believe something equally as heavy already. You're just fine-tuning it. You, you want to respond real quick before we see what Josh has to say? Uh, yeah, thanks, Nate. It's all good. I mean, sorry. I guess it sounds like I ramble a lot, and I, I get that I have a tendency to, to go on a long, a long time sometimes. But, I mean, if a question is asked, I – I want to be thorough. Um, so if yeah, that yeah. causes so you pain, just, I'm sorry. <laughs> we can just pick what one claim, like pray to Jesus and Jesus will respond to you. Like that, that in itself uh, alone. So if someone tells that person, all right, you're looking for this God. You want to be this. You want to be that. You want to be a Christian. Go ahead and pray to Jesus and this, that your prayers will be answered. So, okay. And these prayers don't get answered. Now what? Well, that's a little deeper. I'm happy. To, I mean, I'm happy to have that conversation. And, and if you want a long answer, I can give it to you right now. I can try to be concise. But I mean, that's getting away from the ultimate point, right? Because that's just adding something to it. So whenever we say believe, repent, pray to Jesus for eternal life, and you'll receive it, uh, that's simple, right? Because that's for eternal life. Um, having prayers answered, like having you the desires of your heart and all your prayers answered, that has nothing to do with eternal life. That's a different conversation. And for that, I'd say, well, that's going to take a little bit more conversation where the Bible says, you know, align yourself with God. And, you know, the prayers of a righteous person availeth much. Yes. Um, and Jesus also tells us what to be praying for. So he says, yeah, if, a, if you want a mountain to be moved and you have faith, you can throw that mountain to the sea. But also, is that the will of God? So it's not these standalone things. They may seem like they're standalone, but they all combine together. And yes, if you have faith, anything can be done. Also, align yourself and pray in the will of God. Yep. If you're not bringing God's will, don't expect okay. mountains to be thrown in the sea. Nate, that's not my question. You said verbatim, don't listen to this, don't listen to that. Go right directly to Jesus, and Jesus will talk to you. That's what I'm getting at. I did not so, say that verbatim. Did I say Jesus you, well, would talk to you verbatim? You said pray directly to Jesus. So yeah. anyway, I get in a tit-tat argument, but it's interesting. I think it takes a lot more than what you're saying. Um, can I get in here for a second, Nate? Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, so, so two things. So one, I would also say that 
to come to the conclusion that life, which requires organic material, comes from something inorganic, takes a lot of inferences as well. So either side you're on, you're going to have to draw some inferences, and you have missing knowledge, and you don't, you cannot absolutely scientifically prove it either way you go. And then I think what Nate's saying about prayer is he's not suggesting that if you just pray one time to God, you're going to get like the absolute answer 25 seconds later. Uh, prayer can be a process and it's not just like a one-time thing. So I believe what he's saying is if you are to seek God in prayer on likely multiple occasions, eventually you will hear something that will be helpful to you. Uh, yeah, and I said Joshua could talk, but yeah, I'm saying do what the Bible says, right? Like I can I can distinctly remember, you know, times where I prayed, like you know, God, I I mean, I was believing I was saved, right? But I I wasn't sh I, I didn't have like some sort of spiritual realization, but I still believed it. And you could say that was through indoctrination because I knew the stories of the Bible. I was raised in children's church, whatever. Um, but there were times I prayed. I'm like, you know, God, I really want to know if like this path I'm going down is true, and nothing discernible changed. But then there was one very distinct moment when I'm like. I was just like fed up and frustrated. I'm like, you know, I actually want to know, like, is this stuff legit? I'm paraphrasing. So I'm like, God, <laughs> like, here I am. Like, I want to know if you're there. And like, before I got through, like halfway through my sentence, there was just like this very unexpected, very real, like just sort of spiritual, like awareness that I'm like, ha, holy crap, there you go. And, um, so, so before I was still a believer, I would still call myself a Christian and saved because I had this faith, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't rise to the level of saying like, you know, I, I'd be like, maybe like an agnostic theist where I'm like, well, yes, I believe it. I believe it's true, uh, but I can't, I can't prove it. Uh, like I could be wrong um, from basically, and I would trace this back to like the Bible says, like the sincerity of heart and, you know, just like pure motive, pure intention. And I'm like, huh, well, how about that? Like, I didn't even like get to start finishing the thought that I was trying to think before what I already want, like got a resolution. Anyways, um, Joshua, what's up? Are you speaking, Joshua? Are you running to the mic to unmute? Oh, on a call. I have a question for you and Michael, because I want to hear a conservative and liberal response whenever it's appropriate. Okay, so just really quickly, um, so my son um, has a, a friend, we'll call him John, and he's the, the Caucasian kid, and the kids in school, and we're in fifth grade, told John, um, you have an N-word pass. And John, you know, of course, didn't want to say the N-word, but the kids kept saying, come on, say it. You can use the N-word. You have an N-word pass. And then so John says it, and then the kids immediately call him racist. And then so my son tells my, you know, my wife about this, and she's all like, well, you know, maybe John has changed since he's gotten older, and... Uh, who knows if you need to be friends with him. And I'm sitting here like, and I told him, y'all egged him into this. And what you should do is just talk to him, tell him not to use a word again and continue to be friends. So we had a division in the house over this that I just wanted to hear both your perspectives on it. 
I'd say lose those clowns. They're suckers. They're trying to bait you. They're not worthy of your friendship. They're dishonest. I James. Yeah, what they're they're saying? being dishonest. They're being dishonest. Is Mike? Oh, did Michael? Yeah, leave? I kind of oh, yeah, I kind of walked the I kind of walked the line. I I agree almost like without caveat with what uh, with what James just sorry Carlotta just said. Um, but I also think it's uh, there's, there's another side to it. Like so. Um, and yes, it's just an anecdote, but I have been in that same situation, CEO, and I didn't do it not because, and for, I didn't do it for any other reason that be, then that's just a gross thing to say. Right. So, so no, I don't think this, this kid is racist for doing that. Um, uh, but like, yeah, like just, just take 10 more seconds to think about why you don't say it on a daily basis. And then just continue that on and just don't say it at all. <laughs> it makes me think one time Sam was in here, Pastor Sam, and uh, we're, we're talking about like pronouns. And I'm like, look, man, I'll, tell, I'll call people whatever they want them to call. Like it's not, worth, it's not worth fighting over. Like whatever you want me to call you, I'll, I'll call you. Like, you know, meaning names or whatever. Um, and Pastor Sam's like, what if I want you to call me the N-word? I'm like, huh? He's like, if I say we can't be friends unless you call me the N-word, I'm like, well, I'm sorry. I guess we can't be friends then. <laughs> so... Happy to say I passed that test. But yeah, I agree. Well, I agree with Michael and James. But I guess we all agree on the same thing. Yeah, see you. A follow up? No, that's it. Cool. Appreciate it. Uh, Dango, you had questions. And I've got yeah, about I got a quick 15 one. minutes. I, I got two. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'll be quick. Uh, all right. What's this, so, what's the story with, about why people are described um, in the Bible? as having living hundreds of years, you know what I mean? Like they're like, Oh, well this guy was like 600 or so. And I'm wondering, is it meant to be taken that way? I mean, honestly, because it, I mean, I think that it just seems absurd to say that people live 600, 700 years. Um, so yeah, the question would be, um, is the Bible literally saying they live that many years? And I have one more question too. Uh, man, I, I almost want Michael to answer that because I know he'll do a good job, but um, I, I, I will. Um, yeah, so I believe the Bible's literal. I believe it's saying people lived that long. Um, and as crazy as it sounds, you know, the craziest thing to believe is, I mean, if you're going to say one thing is crazy, like the age of people or, um, you know, talking serpents or talking animals or something like that, like – is the craziest thing not to believe there's one God that created every molecule in existence and controls it and holds the whole universe together. And if that wasn't the case, nothing would exist. So, I mean, if that's possible, which I believe, which is like the chief cornerstone of Christianity, then everything else is just like an incredible hand wave. It's like, you can have any other claim under that umbrella and right or wrong, just look at the mythology. You may call it, I wouldn't, but you may call it that. So, I mean, if one thing is, that's like the most ultimate claim. Like, there's a God that made and controls everything. So, surely, nothing else can be, like, more difficult to believe than that. So, but anyways, yeah, I, I believe, like, through either natural means um, or, or whatever, I believe it is literal. But that can also get into the day of the, the age of the earth, right? So, somewhere between old earth and young earth creationism and long lives and old lives of humans, there can be, like, a convergence which if humans live less long, that would make the earth older. Or if they live longer, that would make the earth younger. So there's more to it than just how long do people live. But yes, I, I believe the, the people did live. Um, and, and I mean, maybe if we have like, you know, if we say 700 years and, and 
the ages were counted slightly different, fine. I, I'm fine with like making some kind of allowance for that. I don't know what you'd end up with, but if someone it says was 700 and it's what we would call 300, like granted, it's going to take a supernatural act of God to still keep someone alive that long. But yes, I, I believe the Bible is literal and that is how old uh, they lived, like what the Bible says. And, and Daniel, there, the other side to it is uh, later in the Bible, it says that people won't live that much, that long anymore. And the maximum amount of humans is, I think, 125 or 130. And ironically, no one has lived past that number. And this was written 3,000 years ago. So you also have to look at that. Yeah, thank you for that. And um, yeah, I I don't find that very satisfying, but I appreciate you responding to me. So I just I, think it's going to be a stumbling block for people to think about that because I don't know. The well, idea is that like, all right, well, listen, I believe in a God already. So <laughs> what, what, what does it mean to say that? Who cares? 600 years? You know, we, we could think of anything like a flying Godzilla. Right. I mean, what would it mean to say that God created a purple flying Godzilla? It's just this is just, it's just like child's play. <laughs> well, I think you're, once you take well, on God, everything, anything's possible, right? It's like it's, it doesn't work that way, dude. Well, in theory, yes, but I mean, I mean, I mean, you are using hyperbole. Like, if the Bible actually said God created purple flying elephants, then that would be a decision I'd have to make at that point. If the author's intent was to to claim that yes, God totally made purple flying elements, elephants, then I guess I would have to decide no, if Godzilla. I and they Okay, sure, whatever. Per, 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 yeah, all of that. Uh, you know, the flying spaghetti monster, peace be upon him. Like, if there was a serious claim from the author's intent in the Bible that he did something like that, like Leviathan or Behemoth, right? Is that literal? I, I mean, it's easy for me to believe because no one knows exactly what that is, but if, we're, if it was described and Leviathan or Behemoth was what you just said, then I'd have to decide, like, do I believe this was real or is this a metaphor or is it a parable or something? But as it is, like, you know, the Bible ultimately says, you know, the, the problem is people's hardness of heart. So maybe that's a difference because if people – you say it's a stumbling block, but if it's a stumbling – if it's a true, a, a true thing, like it actually happened, and that causes people to stumble, well, I'm not going to lie to make their path easier for them. So it, it's my uh, legitimate conviction that, yes, people really did this long, and, you know, by the way – Noah's Ark floated without maybe the proper geometrical buoyancy and, you know, a talking serpent and a talking donkey. So I, I believe, you know, God totally supernaturally did this because we know these animals, as, as we understand them today, don't have like the vocal cords and stuff required for, for human type of speech. So I believe it was a total supernatural act of God. Um, but if someone wants me to shy away from that and say, well, no, it's a metaphor. It's just it was, it was not meant to be taken literally to make it easier for them to digest. Well, then I'm not going to do what I feel would be deceptive or dishonest. Uh, and I believe, you know, if they are in Christ or have, you know, the whole because the Bible says the Holy Spirit will live with Christians and like lead them into truth and understanding. So if they're claiming to be such a person and they get tripped up over this in a way that they don't just disagree with and choose to take it metaphorically, but in a way that like um, separates them from the faith, um, that's not my fault. Uh, I'm not going to lie to try to make it more palatable for them. I'll tell them what I believe and, you know, take it or leave it. Um, if it's a stumbling block that causes you to lose your faith in Jesus, um, I honestly don't think it's that one thing that could cause that. Hey, can I ask my question? Yeah, fair enough. Just last, last question. It's quick. 
um, what, and this is for um, CEO and, and Nate. And I want, just want to know, um, which do you think is more biblical, um, the filet fish or the McRib? Oh, uh, filet fish. Agree. See you. 100%. 100%. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Joshua, what's up? <laughs> All right. On a more serious note, and this is, and, and although this may seem like a simple question, um, I really just want to know your guys' opinion or if the Bible has any um, suggestions as to what happens to the people who died before Jesus died for everyone's sins or does that encompass everyone who who has ever lived uh, it's the same result so if um we're told before jesus died for the sins it's still the same way that people get to heaven and are reconciled to god and it's by expressing faith in god like the book of hebrews tells us this and it says you know abraham which was alive way before jesus uh, it says abraham had faith in god and that was credited to him as righteousness and just like when they had the law, um, you know, after Abraham, because, you know, Abram didn't have the law. Um, it was in Leviticus uh, when they got the 613 commands for the Israelites. So they were also saved the exact same way. It was not the law they kept that saved them, but it was by expressing faith in God. So they kept the law because they had faith in God. If they didn't have faith in God, there would have been no need to try to keep a law if you don't have faith in God. Um, and then when Jesus comes, he says, if you believe in me, if you have faith in me, so it's always been by one metric, which is ultimately faith in God. So if they had faith in God and expressed that, like Abraham did, like the, the people under the law did, then that's how they have salvation. If they now, did not do that, then we believe hell. Okay, so does that I, I, have, a, I have a different perspective. Oh, no, wait, wait, wait. Okay. Oh, no, wait. This is to Nate. Um, does that encompass, and it's quick, does, it, does that encompass all religions? before um, Christ died, like everyone who believed in a God? Uh, no, from the biblical worldview, no, it has to be this God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So there are some things, like we were just talking about supernatural talking animals and supernatural ages of like 900-year-old uh, people. So um, although the Bible doesn't say anything, yeah, from what the Bible does say, it has to be directed at this God. So God, Abram, didn't know God before God went and found, sought Abram out. So although we don't have any other evidence of this, um, you know, there's no reason why God couldn't on some other part of the world, um, you know, revealed himself, this true creator God of the Bible to someone else. Um, so while it seems like an easy answer to be like, well, everyone else in the world's burning in hell. Um, sure. That sounds logical, but we just don't have any evidence. So God could have said, Hey, I'm God, and you know you should worship me, and you should have faith in me. And there could be other people that Abram never ran into who'd be saved. But but yes, it has to be that God because if you're expressing faith in some some other god like Moloch or like you know these other like demon type gods, well, no, you can't just have faith in a god. It's, I mean, it's got to be the actual one that created you. Uh, CEO. Yeah. Um, so I agree with Nate on a Abraham's faith. And so that part's true. The only thing I, I differ with him on is if you were in Florida 4,000 years ago or all the way up until you had the opportunity to hear about Jesus, my understanding of it is that you will have the opportunity during the events in Revelation to determine whether or not you believe in Jesus at the second judgment. So that is, that, that, that's the, the perspective 
I, that I, I came to. And then there's one more perspective, um, which is, you know, first Peter three, 19, 20. And there are different takes on this. Um, I, I think the more conventional take is, is not what this person's getting at, which is one I, I kind of shared for a while. Um, but it says, you know, he, uh, I'll just, I assume you copied and pasted correctly. <laughs> Let's read it. He also went to preach to the spirits in prison who once had been disobedient while God patiently waited in the days of Noah during the building of the ark in which few persons, eight in all, were saved. Um, so some people will believe that that is talking about um, all those people who didn't hear or didn't believe um, when Noah was preaching about it, that they're going to get a chance, uh, you know, being in gloomy chains or like, you know, some sort of purgatorial hell or quasi hell um, that they'll be able to be preached to and accept Jesus. Um, but that's, that's kind of off the beaten path. Like the conventional take is that's, I, I don't, uh, I don't exactly remember, um, but that's not the conventional take. It's something to do with, uh, it's like preaching judgment against them. Um, and it's like, like saying something like um, we're, we're preaching. I don't remember and I don't want to misspeak, but I think the conventional take, like, you know, the, the near consensus um, is it's preaching like a, a, a proclamation of judgment either against like evil spirits or the people or like how you should have believed or something like that. Um, but yeah, that is, that is also a take what he says. Like, you know, maybe, maybe some people do think that there's a chance that they'll get a second chance or people who have never heard will get a chance to believe and hear. I appreciate that. Sure. Um, I have a question too, if, if I may ask. Uh, yeah. And then this will probably be the last, last one because I have to run. But yeah, go ahead, Jay. What's up? Yeah, my question is pretty simple. Um, it's how did God get his God powers? So, so how did he get the capabilities of, of a God? There's no biblical um, explanation for that. It just says the Alpha and Omega, the first and last, like ever existing. So if you want an answer to that question, which sure, I'd be interested in, um, you're going to have to subscribe to the teachings of Christ, end up in heaven. And if you still care to ask God, um, I'll be right there with you um, asking that question. <laughs> but yeah, unfortunately, the Bible doesn't doesn't explain why God is God. It just says God is God always was is, you know, the same today, yesterday and forever. Okay. So it, it tell, like the Bible, I mean, one thing the Bible does do a really good job at is is just saying like matter of factly like this and that and that. The thing the Bible doesn't do is go into a lot of like um, quarterbacking God, like, you know, the why and the how it just says it is. <laughs> which I kind of liken to like, you know, my, my kids. Cause sometimes it's like as the adult, as the parent, I just know better. And, and there's some things like, you know, the big things I want to educate them on, but uh, you know, like if we're driving in the car and they're like, Hey, why can't I open the door while we're driving down the interstate? And I'm like, I mean, we have child box, so it's just an analogy. Um, they're like, why can't I open the door while we're driving down the interstate? And you know, I'm like, well, no, because, because that's, that's bad. Don't do that. Don't do that. And let's say it's in like, you know, rush hour and there's tra traffic driving everywhere. And I mean, it would be easy for me to just say, because you'll fall out and die. Don't do that. But I'm like, no, just don't, just don't, just don't. Because like, I, you know, I'm trying to focus on the road and cars are going everywhere and I'm dodging traffic. So I don't want to like take the presence of mind, even though it would be a simple answer. It's like, bro, if you open the car door and you jump out, you will die. It seems like it'd be really easy. But also I'm preoccupied and I'm, I'm not God. But uh, I would say the explanations, sometimes I, I get it. And I'm like, okay, that makes perfect sense. Um, I'm like, just don't, just do this, or just repent, just believe the gospel. Like, 
yes, I, I accept that this God is omniscient. I, I believe this God is all-powerful. Um, why? Why, why, why? Well, it doesn't explain, and I, I understand that a little more now that I have kids. Because I'm like, just don't open the door. Just don't open the door. Just don't open the door. Like, just do it. Just do it. I said. Um, I, I think to Nate's point, uh, the Bible implies God is the only eternal force to ever exist. And for all we know, this could be universe number 18. But, like, God is eternal, so has always had the powers. Okay, so um, so before his first creation, since you said this could be universe 18 for all we know, what did he do for that length of time before he created something? And what's what's infinity before the first creation like? Yeah, have fun. Like, how, how does we how does his one. infinite how does his infinite self make sense in that case? Like, what was so the best answer I could give you it, the best answer I could give you is um, God perceives time differently. So everything he can see the entire timeline all at once. So it's not like as a sequential experience as we perceive it. Do all universes have the same timeline? So does this universe have the same I, I have time no idea. Let me ask you, let me, can, I, wait, can I ask Jay a question? Uh, wait, wait, yeah, real, fa hang, hang, real, real fast, hang on. I just want to reset a little bit. He never posited the existence of multiple universes. He just said it could be. So like, I, I oh, think okay. we get in trouble a lot when we take big leaps. And it's like, you know, God, there could be 18 universes. He's like, how are there 18 universes? What do they look like? Are there trees there? It's like, wait, wait. He never said there are. <laughs> uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead and ask Joshua real quick. So, yeah. Um, okay. So, Jay, do, do you, could, right now, could you imagine yourself in your mind? Imagine myself in my mind, yeah. 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 Um, now, could you imagine, um, and just walk with me really quick. Could you imagine a cup? Yeah. Um, can you can you imagine a chair? Yeah. Okay, so these things, right, um, didn't exist before I asked you to think about them. You just made them appear, right, um, in whatever realm your consciousness lives in. But so imagine the imagine that God has, and what and what He can do with His imagination, you know. So. When you, when you ask these questions about, you know, infinity and, you know, omniscience, um, ability, yeah, it's, it's in a, it's a form of an imagination that we, we really can't comprehend, but we, we have that similar ability because we're created in his image. So you could just imagine based off what you're able to do, what God, you know, you know, may be able to do, and I'll just leave it at that. Sorry, I'm not good at articulating myself. No, no I just thought like it was, it was pretty un, un, like. So the first, I don't know, like if there's an infinite being. That that lived infinitely. I don't know what that means. Like, how would that work in reality? Like, and also, like, what would the first be? And what what would be the period of? Would be the why, period before that why did, philosophically speaking, why does why there have there be to a be first? a beginning? Yeah, why does there have to be a beginning? Why can't, why, what if there's no beginning? What if there, it, it just always was? 
Yeah, I mean, like, um, so, Jay, let, let's go back the furthest we can, and we're, let, let's just pretend the Big Bang is true and the theory is correct, okay? This would mean that there was something that existed prior to the universe as we experience it. Whatever that was, we have no sense of how time worked or anything. We just know that the Big Bang was an expansion event. It expanded from something, but we have no idea of the context of how that worked because the Big Bang is the beginning of time as we experience it today. Yeah, but like uh, if there's well, a, if there's well, a, hang, 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 hang on, I, wait, hang on, I got, I got to cut in because I have to go. go ahead. I have to, I have to cut in because I have to go. But just the last thing I'd say is this kind of comes full circle, right? So like right now, I can, I could just like see so clearly how you know Jesus just like repent, believe the gospel, like bullet point, bullet point, bullet point, because now we start asking these questions that the Bible does not speak to. Um, like, I mean, the only thing the Bible says is like matter of fact points, like, you know, like, for example, Psalm 92, before the mountains were born, before you brought forth the world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Psalms 139, it talks about where can I go to, that I could not find your spirit or your presence? Like, there's nowhere I could go, uh, like the heavens, the sea below. And, you know, it talks about uh, Psalms 14, 7, 5. Great is our Lord, mighty is his power, his understanding has no limit. And like in Revelation and John, like, you know, the Bible talks about how I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and last. Um, so these are the these are the only evidence the Bible gives us, the bullet points. It just says, this is God. So then when we, just now in the last 10 minutes, start using our human wisdom, which by the way, if you want something the Bible says a lot about, it's that. And it talks about, you know, stay away from high-minded philosophies. And like all this like mindless chatter, I don't mean to poo-poo on this discussion, but the Bible says it, so be mad at that. But all this mindless chatter that just like deceives people and like puffs them up with pride and just leads them to destruction, which is what's happening now. Like we went from Jesus to like alternate universes and like a Marvel universe. Um, so so just like seeing this in real time, it's, it makes me think that, hey, you guys should at least think the Bible like has some amazing coincidences in it. Or maybe there's something divinely inspired to it. But anyways, so um, thanks for being here. Thanks for the questions. I wish I had more time, but I, I unfortunately do have stuff to do. But I, I would say that. So uh, you can get into an infinite regress, and it just becomes a game of can you outlast this God we posit? And it's like, well, before that, uh, where were you? And God's like, I'm here. And you're like, before that, I'm here. Before that, I'm here. So you could just go back eternally forward, internally backward, and um, you're, you're just going to find yourself like, in an asylum at some point. Um, so I would encourage everyone to just repent, stop doing things you know is wrong, pray directly to Jesus, if anyone cares, anyone listening or whatever. Um, ask him for eternal life. You will receive it. Believe he is who he says he is, his death, burial, resurrection. That's it. That's all you need to do. We're told at that moment of sincere belief, the Holy Spirit of God will live with that person and they are cool with God. So that's it. That's eternal life. That's the mystery answer to everything. So anyways, thanks for being here, guys. See you. Good to see you. Oh, and everyone else down there. Oh, hey, Saba and Baptized and Edvern and everyone else. I'll catch you all later. Take care. Thanks, yeah, Nate. You too.